0: That's noom.com to sign up for your trial today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 74. Today is September 22nd. Of course, as we record this, it's a couple days early for me and Steve this time. I'm Van Burnett. He's Steve Giswelli. We are thrilled to have you guys with us for another great show of Wins Above Fantasy. We're going to be talking about interesting late season performances. Nice little spin-off, Steve, from a topic we were kind of tease in a couple weeks back and really the general idea is that people tend to switch over mentally this time of year and whether it's fantasy football or they're just a little jaded from having gone through the grind and not won whatever the case may be every year there's kind of an opportunity here when everyone switches off to pay attention to some trends and some production so we'll talk about all that stuff and how it might impact next year as well throughout the show, but love having you guys with us. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Pod. I'm at Van underscore verified, and Steve is at Stav 8818. Steve, welcome back, man. How's uh, fatherhood going? How's uh, mid-September going for
0: you? It's good. It's good, man. Uh, still enjoying some... I guess it's now seasonably, but uh, it's it's been really warm here, which is... You know, we kind of just go from summer to fall, which, uh, or summer to winter. There's no really in between. (laughs) I was going to say, we most people go summer to fall. It's just like how the seasons go, Steve. Yes, that's normally how it works. But here in the Northeast, it usually just goes from like 80 degrees one day to like 50 and 40 the next. Uh, We're still in like the 80 degrees, which I don't mind. Uh, I know some people uh, really like the. 60-degree afternoons, 45, 50 mornings, which is nice. You know, football weather, that sort of thing. But uh-huh. uh, we're, we're still having a, a, an extended summer here, which, whatever. I, I don't mind a few extra days down the shore for me. Um, but, yeah, uh, grinding it out, still uh, having some leagues going on. Uh, I was just eliminated in my other uh, home league in a, in, a, in a playoff series, which was tough. That was a keeper league where I basically mortgage my future at least next year for uh, to try the win but oh well, uh, it, it happens uh, it was our first year in the league, kind of got used to this, some some things and had some lesson learns and, and, and things like that but uh, still grinding away uh, in a few NFBC leagues and, and enjoying it man, uh, September 22nd as this comes out, there's really like less than two weeks uh, left in the season, I think it ends like the 4th or the 5th of October so uh, we're basically right there, man. So uh, enjoying it while we have it.
1: Yeah, and then I don't know, Steve, if it's the next episode or the week after. Actually, that trip I thought I had got pushed back, so I'll, I'll be I'll be around, cool. which is good news. But it, dude, I'm pretty excited about the playoff picture this year. Like, oh, is yeah. it me or is there a lot more? Uh, you know, just to watch is like a neutral. Obviously, I'm in it with the Cardinals, but I don't really know that they're going to make a deep run necessarily. I just think it's, it's an exciting time to be around baseball.
0: Absolutely. And I just think the expanded playoffs have been a good thing. I think those short series will be awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, it's always nice to step back in in the playoffs and just watch baseball without having to worry about your fantasy teams. Uh, I, I at least find that uh, refreshing um where i'm not like switching the the mlb tv app from one game to another to see who's pitching or finding in that bat for me i could just sit down and watch a intense good playoff game and you know yeah. to be to be honest like the quality games are much better uh in the playoffs just overall just because there's better teams so naturally uh not breaking any any news there in the crowd that, though like
1: no but, one's yeah, really on sure. their phones and like everyone's there watching the game it's like yeah. the true the true sport versus us playing the game all season long mm-hmm. because like you said we're kind of like hunting fantasy stats and all that mm-hmm. stuff but super excited we'll have to uh talk about that plenty but For today, Steve, we're talking about interesting late-season performances. I know I kind of gave it the uh, teaser on the intro. Anything to add on just the topic in general? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but also I think there's a little bit of, you know, upside, if you want to throw out that word, to paying attention this time of year just because you know that one out of maybe five, if not more, fantasy managers are pretty much turned off and moved on. So talk to me a little bit about the topic, then we'll get into a nice little mix of about eight names.
0: Yeah, and, and not even if you're if you're not as tuned in or eliminated or just have some fatigue or a lot of people just move on to different things at this point of the year. You know, if you're chasing a category, like if you're chasing steals, right? Like you're on the waiver wire looking for that one category basically every day right like you that your 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 vision is sort of tunneled to that statistical need i know that's probably a bit more nuanced than it actually is like you care about just good players in general at all times whether you're going first for categories or not but you know you make decisions or if it's late like, a year. like a third baseman like a third baseman goes yeah. down you're only
1: looking for third baseman type yeah
0: thing. Or there's a lot more tunnel vision this year because it's so specific and so, okay, I need to do this. And you make decisions and cut guys that you normally wouldn't in redraft leagues. So it's just a different time of year than than like a big picture sort of April breakout. So uh, that could lead to a lot of guys going under the radar. And it's important to pay attention to these performances because there's sometimes changes that take place midseason that we might not notice. And guys that continue that we thought would fall off. Uh, So... Um yeah it, it's a good topic and I sort of wrote about it with some pitchers last year and most have done pretty well as far as like second half per- performers uh for pitchers um it might be easier just because at least for me it's always easier to identify like pitching breakouts just because of those things that we talked about last week with like pitch mix velocity change so um but there's still some good hitters on this list too so I think it's a great topic.
1: Well let's let's uh Hit on the process briefly. What we did was pretty much set a divider line on August 1st and looked at the performances since August 1. So this has got about, you know, seven ish weeks of a sample size here. But Steve, why don't you lead us off? Again, these aren't going to be, you know, many of these guys are, are likely rostered. I think that's part tipping a cap to what we saw this year, but part looking into next year. But uh, Steve, set us off with uh, number one that you got.
0: Yeah, and and for hitters, most guys have like somewhere between 160 and 190 plate appearances, so uh, a pretty good sample, like uh, almost the you know a little under a third of the season, um, which is which is which is substantial. So we're not yeah. dealing with uh, super small samples here. Um, but the first guy I wanted to break up, um, someone that I traded far too early in basically every league that I had him um, and that's Michael Harris second I remember to this day uh, how I found out about Michael Harris getting called up was I was at a, uh, a, a party for a friend who ran uh, the, the Brooklyn Half Marathon in, in late May so I wasn't like glued in to Twitter or to my phone but I got a text from you about michael harris being called up and like should we pounce and (laughs) the first thing i thought was oh my gosh you know he's been called up the news is an hour or so old and my first come first serve leaks. he's probably gone um and he wasn't because i guess it was such a shock that he came up originally and you know he was in double a -A, triple a yeah. yeah so and you know he was a top prospect but not like a a corbin Carroll or neil cruz that like just on the precipice and like people are chomping at the bit to Adam or or stashed already. So we have two NA spots and he wasn't even in in one of those. So that sort of goes to show you uh, in a 14 team league in my home league, you know, how shocking this all is. And, you know, uh, another shocking stat for Michael Harris on the slugging leaderboard since 8-1. It goes as follows. It's Aaron Judge who's slugging 779. Oh since my august 1st gosh. <laughs> and then that is ridiculous dude. yeah it's insane it's absolutely insane he's playing a different it. sport it's it's insane what aaron judge is doing um uh-huh. yeah no need We can go into that on a different show yeah. uh so he's number 1 obviously then a gigantic gap number 2 shohei ohtani uh, another guy who's just having an absolutely insane season in his own right at 630 and number three, Michael Harris. 621 slugging since August 1st. Wow. Uh, that's qualified uh, uh, around the time. So, you know, uh, everyone has that sort of uh, minimum plate appearance threshold for the time. But, yeah, uh, Michael Harris is third in the league in slugging since August 1st. So I was wrong to sort of cut bait early and, and chip him off as he had a little 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 speed bump uh, there in july um, and i am regretting that i traded him in that keeper league that i was eliminated from this week uh, i am going to kick myself for that uh just because i would have had harris at uh, extreme discount for probably the next three years uh, if i wanted to so um you know there are still some concerns but those have had some improvements you know the O-swing and the, the, the swing strike for Michael Harris uh, have gotten better marginally but they've improved which is what you'd like to see on the year he had a 43% O-swing so chased 43% of the pitches that he saw outside the zone uh, since August 1st it's been 39% so a 3% uh, uh, increase there uh, it improved his swing strike rate uh, by about 2% from 14.3% down to 129 so maybe a little less there but still some improvements, um, you know. Since that time, he's had a 24% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate. So, kind of in line with what he's been doing. Um, but what, what is encouraging with Michael Harris is that he always walked at, at close to eight or nine percent uh, at every levels in the minor. So, you know, there is some track record of improvement there, and it's not like he's doing this with the super high K rate. Um, that would throw a red flag and 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 give you sort of some you know Keston Hero worries for next year or you know even pre uh, breakout Austin Riley where the K percentage was high and he needed to work to get that down. It's not like Harris needs to make these major adjustments. Um, we would mm-hmm. just like to see him chase a little less. So you know uh, it's really really picking nits with with with. with trying to find a problem in Harris's game so uh, it's just something to to marvel at uh, you know he's only gotten better as time's gone on it seems like.
1: Yeah I'm a huge huge fan I mean I wish he walked a little bit more he's actually walked more throughout the minors granted again it wasn't necessarily too long of a look at high minors but just a 4.2% walk rate on the season for Harris but in 100 games, 18 homers, 16 steals, batting three oh five, And like you pointed out, Steve, it's only gotten way better. And in in that since August 1 sample, he's batting three forty. Granted, that's propped up by a, a BABIP that's well over four hundred, but he's also got speed, which is part of the profile. It's just, you know, altogether, I mean, are we comfortable next year drafting him as like a two hundred eighty five? Certainly, twenty twenty guy, right?
0: I mean, I think if you want Michael Harris next year, you're going to have to pay for uh, him in the second round. In, in, in... no, yeah, uh, second. You think? I I, I I don't see why not. Like this is just.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's, he's ranked. He's, he's ranked. almost
0: he's almost going to be twenty twenty this year in, you know, a uh, hundred and fifteen games. Uh, yeah. He's two homers, he's ranked four 65th. steals sixty fifth. Yeah.
1: Right now in five x five, he's ranked sixty-five overall, and he's you know obviously missed a good good chunk of the season before he got called up. So yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, I was thinking maybe that th- this would be like a round four decision, but you're probably right with the age. And he's been batting sixth and seventh. You have to imagine next year,
0: like think he about moves up in the order. Think about what happened with, you know. Uh, um Louis Robert, you know? Uh, chat like some of these guys. Yeah, that these remember. guys with, with power and speed, and, and when they have good years with, with the average, um, you know, uh, the the price on him, the price on those guys just, just skyrockets. Like, there's going to be so much helium around him in, in, in draft season, and, you know, maybe he'll start off as a third, fourth rounder, but I think by mid March we'll be talking about Michael Harris, second rounder.
1: So, so with this. I guess analysis and saying that we like that, you know, a it's not getting worse. B things are kind of incrementally getting better. Has he moved in your books from I'm sprinting away from him on draft day because of the helium to, you know, if you're if you're feeling froggy, that you, you could kind of go for a little mini discount if he maybe falls around or something in the in a draft.
0: I'm a firm, firm believer in Michael Harris. I really think he is a very, very good player. You know, uh, I wish I held on to him in the leagues that I added him. I I wrote him out, and you know, he brought me a lot of success where where I do have him. It's and it's nothing (laughs) of of what he's doing, right? It's just that, like. You're paying, you're paying. You're yeah. paying the premium, and I think I've I've learned sort of a heart le- harsh lesson. Like, don't pay for the premium on guys. You know, draft Judge when he's a second rounder. Don't draft Judge when he is the first overall pick next year. Uh, not yeah, not, that was not saying, your yeah, lessons. Yeah, you know, that's part of your lesson like, learned. Not um, saying that Judge shouldn't go one overall. Whatever, but that's it, fair. It, it just don't pay for, you know, past performance at, at, at a at a price that's inflated. So uh, I don't know if I'll have that much Michael Harris, despite how much I like him next year.
1: Totally fair. Uh, and we'll have to watch. Uh, man, unlucky that he and teammate Spencer Strider are just, like, duking it out over the— uh, NL Rookie of the Year there, but that'll be fun to watch. So yeah, that's a don't great they one, don't Steve. they
0: don't they split those from time to time, or is that only in foot? Like, is it possible to tie or something like that? Uh, and I know it's been a been a while. Uh, I, I know they did that in, like the NFL like with MVPs a while ago, but yeah, uh, I, I think the voting would have to be exactly tied, right? Which would be pretty uh, shocking. It'd be fitting. Like, it would be but, it would be yeah. fitting though because For right sure. now
1: Strider Strider is the favorite, being. uh just set the record for fastest player ever to get to 200 strikeouts which yeah. I thought was insane yep um, but yeah I mean at, at this point I think it's Strider but Harris is right on the heel so it'll be a lot of fun but I, I see your point on the draft day so we'll we'll keep it moving here and Steve I know you had to have gotten a chuckle when you saw this on the rundown but I had to had to call back in my boy. Mr. Eugenio Suarez, who anyone who's listened to the show for an extended period of time knows that um, he was, I I was a firm fade on Suarez a couple seasons ago, and it felt like it was something we were monitoring every other week. Uh, This year, though, Steve, I got to defend myself that I was on the record saying, given where the, the discount fell, this was kind of in that Bobby Dahlbeck corner infield pop range that we kind of like the bargain and Suarez you know he he was solid throughout the season kind of in his own way but since August 1st it has been special and now of course we got to say that he he hit the 10day il last Saturday should be back for playoffs but since August 1st Suarez 176 WRC plus this is like good Suarez like mm-hmm. the the 246 average. You can always count on the walks at 352 on base and a 616 slug 15 homers in that time for a 370 ISO uh, the ground ball rate has dropped and he's turned a lot of those into fly balls which is obviously what you want to see for a slugger like Suarez second in the majors since August 1st with a 59.4% fly ball rate so really putting that power to use and I think Kind of saved the best for last year since 8-1, just a 26.5% strikeout rate, which is what we've always said with Suarez. And if he can get out of his own way there, there's so much good power that he has. The first four months of the season, that strikeout rate was a 32.4%. So it dropped at almost six ticks. And, yeah, now it's looking good, man. All of a sudden you look at the, the season line for Suarez – He's got 31 homers, uh, 72 runs, 84 RBIs and counting, and the average at 235, especially in this environment, is kind of solid for for a guy of his profile. So, you know, I just wanted to give him a shout-out here, and next season, as you're drafting, this is a period I don't think you want to forget about with Suarez, cleaning up the plate discipline, and maybe instead of thinking like, oh, he's going to be a huge... He's going to tank my average. I can't completely sell out for power. Maybe there's a little renaissance going on here. Steve, what do you think?
0: Yeah, this is kind of exactly what I envisioned for Eugenio Suarez when I gave pushback on your sell of him last year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, this line is, like, kind of exactly what I envisioned and exactly what I pitched that could have been, you know, uh, low average but a cheaper way to, to find 30, 30 homers, you know, Uh the K rate's going to be bad, but, you know, he'll make it, he'll live with it just because, you know, of that raw power. Um, and looking at his cast sliders, like, you know, the outlier looks to be 2021. Um, you know, all the exit V are in line with, like, the last, you know, three years. It's not 2018 when he was, you know, essentially like, you know, uh, like a top five round talent um, with, right. you know, uh, a, a much higher average and, and a lot of homers but you know a, a, a prototypical high strikeout low batting average slugger that's what he's back to being you know the barrel percentage is is, is much better uh, and, and the hard hit numbers are, are are more in line with what you expect from any hunting of Suarez. That being said, um, now that he's 31 and 32, despite this, these are, these are the type of profiles that may just fall off a cliff without without warning. Um, like, you know, there's always going to be 2021 20, back of my mind, and I mm-hmm. think that just might happen again with, with these sort of profiles. Um, I may miss out, but I may go elsewhere for, you know, cheaper power, uh, especially considering the price might be a little bit inflated with how hot Suarez has finished the year.
1: Yeah, I'm curious about the price, but I've, I've got a hunch that the, 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 the memory has not gone away for, for people. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, like, ballpark sizzle and all that stuff, which it hasn't been an issue for him, obviously. So, yeah, I think maybe the magic number is, like, almost where people were grabbing, like, uh, I don't know, like, your, your Josh Donaldson's this year. It Like, I could see him landing in, like, the one... 75 and beyond range, which maybe I'm wrong. Maybe with this production, people will have them pushed up a little bit, but I think that would be maybe an okay way to like bolster your, your pop. But we'll, we'll have to see. I think it's just, it's important to call out that, you know, there, there's not only the home run to fly ball is like going up, but I like that the, the ground ball rates drop and the strikeouts are dropping. So yeah, can't be ageist on the show, Steve. We mm-hmm. gotta we gotta give some shouts. Uh, you know, he's he's just thirty one. He's not thirty seven <laughs> or anything true, like that. True. But, true. Uh, yeah. Back back to you. Let's get let's get another hitter from your side of things.
0: Yeah, th- this one was surprising when uh, when looking at the eight one leaderboards. Uh, that's Dalton Varsho. Uh He has since eight one a 260, 311, 560 uh, triple slash. That's good for one thirty six WRC and, you know, when you look at the overall line, yeah, sure, the homers and stolen bases are there, which is nice, 25 homers, 10 steals. He has been caught six times, which, you know, is a bit concerning. But, you know, a 243, 309, 459 slash isn't like, oh, wow, you know, Dalton Varsho was this amazing catcher that I that I drafted. Uh, but since uh, that, that uh, 8-1 arbitrary end date he has just 23 percent strikeout rate um, a 7.2 percent walk rate so slightly better numbers on the plate discipline wise Uh, and 12 of those 25 homers have come since 8-1 so there was a pretty large portion you know I think Dalton show had like eight homers through May something like that and then was really really struggling Um, but quietly has picked it back up uh, and he has 27 games of catchers this year, so he should have catcher eligibility basically everywhere. I think that's NFBC huge. is what 20 games, which is you know one of the stricter ones. So um, he's still going to carry that C, and you know maybe he won't play there at all next year since it's just been 27 games. But who cares? We're worried about the next season. Uh, but Varsho w- was surprising me. Uh, th- it, that's been a nice. Uh, a homer binge for him since the calendar turned to August, and I was a bit surprised to to see him up there, just because with that slump that he went into in in in, in uh, May, June, and I think through through July. I'm looking at the the monthly splits now. Um, you know, there 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 was uh, a, a time where you know if our show might have been dropped in some leagues. I think he hit he just hit 176. Uh, with two homers in june and 250 with three homers in july but uh, has really picked it up since uh, the, the the calendar flipped so uh, a name to keep in mind and you know that that overall line might not inspire uh, some helium that he saw a, a, as sort of this non-catcher catcher last year maybe uh, he'll go around the same price which i think could be worth it
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, it might be the season to do it. If, I mean, you look at what he's done this year, he's got 135 games in the bank and counting, and, you know, most of them are coming in the outfield. So if he's just got enough eligibility to to carry the C, as you put it, but then they're running him out there every day as an outfield DH, then you get a, you know, you get a volume leg up on, like, your real Muto's and Will Smith's and everything because he's not sitting... You know, one one out of every four games. So, it's yeah, crazy. I think it could be a, a, a peak year to grab
0: him potentially. Farshow has a 99 outs above average and a 96 percentile Alpha jump. So, a guy who's caught 25 games is one of the best outfielders in the league. It's crazy. Yeah, that that's a, a, a great. He's just a like freak athlete, a freak athlete. Yeah, yeah,
1: 25 and 10. Um, you know, the, you'll even take that that average where it's at this season but next year it could look even better with some of the plate discipline that you're highlighting so love it there for Varsho. Um, the next one I wanted to call out is is kind of near and dear to me Steve because I had Willie Adames uh, flagged in, in a lot of leagues as a, a breakout pick and you know o- overall it's been solid enough with like the pop especially. That's been the one thing Everyone who rostered Adamus was very familiar that it'd be like, oh, here comes one for five with a two-run homer. And it's like, you'll take it, but then there were three strikeouts to go with it. And there was just kind of a frustrating, compared to the expectations of him in Milwaukee for a full season. But whether it was a little bit of the pressing or whatever the case was, up until August 1st, he hit just two nineteen And a big part of that was probably the two forty three BABIP. But the strikeouts were a little bit high with the 27.4%. And it just, you know, it was it was frustrating to, to roster him. There was an injury mixed in there since August 1st, uh batting 275, and the Babip is back up to 317, which is not unheard of for, for how hard he hits the ball. It's a little bit high, but the hard hit rate is also up from 33% up to 44%. 0.1%, so really kind of dialed in since August 1st. And the strikeout rate has dropped from 27.4% down to 23.6%. So in this little run, uh, he's actually batting 275. Uh, the pop, like I said, has continued the whole season. He now has 30 bombs on the year, seven stolen bases. Uh, the average is just 239, which will probably, you know, I I doubt he'll raise it enough this year to where people will, you know, see that upside that I still would expect, I think, next year. I think the true talent for Adamas is probably like a 255 to 265 player who can definitely hit 30 homers, help out a little bit with steals. And this was one that me personally, you know, I kind of was burned this season from expectations, at least from average. And so seeing that, he's kind of flipped the scripts in the past seven months from a batting average standpoint i thought was was worth calling out but uh what are your thoughts on Adamus, steve
0: here's a nice little nugget for you i know you don't really think of Adamus as a a guy that's going to be impacted by the new shift rules just because he's a righty and you know sure he has a, a lot of pull side power but i don't think uh you know it's not like a Joey Gallo, or like Anthony Rizzo, or something like that, that comes to mind with shifts. But he's been shifted 25% of the time this year, which is the most he's been shifted in his career. Um, his Woba, when the shift is on, is 259. His Woba, when there is no shift, is 350, 359. So, 100 different uh, points different in Woba with shift versus no shift. Um, so. Next year, with the shift sort of limited, it's not really banned. It just makes it more risky with uh, with, with, with the rules and having to have two infielders on each side uh, and on the dirt. Uh, Mike Petriello uh, over from baseball uh, MLB.com and Savant uh, has a great thread on it, on how it impacts things and, and what it's going to do um, now that we know the specifics of the rules. But, hey. Uh, this should help Adamus, and I would take the over on, you know, sort of that 230-ish batting line that he's going to finish with this year. Um, and think think he could be more like a 240, 250, you know, if there's a good BABIP season, 260 sort of guy, like you said. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, I've- oh, you know, the pop is real. Like, yeah, he's... He's a 30-home run hitter, you know, in, in my mind, uh, essentially, you know, if he plays a full season. So, um, definitely a, a, a really good option at shortstop.
1: Yeah, you get the feeling that it won't be kind of a, a sexy name on the draft board because it, it kind of was that this year, and I think next year it, it might feel a little bit more oatmeal So, I th- I think I'm going to be interested to see where the ADP falls with Adamas, but uh, let's go back over to you for one, Steve. Feel free to kind of take it any direction.
0: Uh, yeah, you, you want to uh, – oh, okay, hold on. There, there was one more pitcher here. That's uh, One more hitter here before we uh, can jump into some pitchers. We'll, we'll we'll talk that too. But um, this was a good one, uh, a guy that I wish I held on to. I think I talked about adding him for just a day in my home league and things might have went differently if I – Actually, I didn't just stream him and held on to him, but that's Dalton Varsho's teammate, uh, Jake McCarthy. Um, since August first, he is eleventh in the league in batting average. Uh, he's hitting .324. Uh, he's got fourteen steals with that, which is second in the league. Uh, I want to see who's first in the league. I'm going to look that up uh, I while think it's I at, have a second. But what's uh, his
1: name? He's got the funny name. It's uh, Is it? Is it? Uh, what is it? Bubba.
0: Oh, Bubba Thompson
1: Bubba Thompson that's wow. right that's yeah.
0: uh that's impressive because Bubba Thompson uh, I have a, a qualified uh appearance here uh filter on that but yeah that that's that's also impressive just because uh um Thompson has not been up for that long yeah it's just in uh, then basically that whole time he, I guess he came up early August he has 40, 40 games uh, so good on Bubba Thompson that's uh Impressive total in, in just yeah. a month and a half. But back to McCarthy, I mean, uh, you have here he's ranked fourth in five by five of the past month. Uh, he's chipped in five homers since August 1st. So, um, you know, I think once they traded uh, Dave Peralta to the race, they just wanted to see what Jake McCarthy has. And, I, I mean, you know, I know the Diamondbacks have Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas and Varsho. Um, in that outfield, but hey, maybe that means more catching time for Varsho. They want to move on from uh, Carson Kelly uh, in Arizona uh, because it looks like they have three legit outfielders. I know Thomas has struggled a bit versus lefties, but you know McCarthy, Carroll, and, and, and Thomas could be a, a nice little outfield there in, in Arizona. And their their offense has quietly been pretty good. Uh, in the second half, I know a lot of people targeted them as streams in the first half, but it really wasn't wise to do so against Dimebacks. Uh And McCarthy is a big reason why. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add. I know uh, he was one of the guys you threw on the list. So uh, no, I'm no, sure no. You do.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I'm just I'm interested. I put that he's kind of a, a like a Tommy Edmond Jr. Just that there's you're not going to count on the homers, but he might surprise you on a full season with like. 13 and then you know the, the Steels you could probably bank and maybe this is a two 280 guy that you can rely on it's it's almost uh you know it's in that kind of steven kwan prototype but i don't know probably if, some um, more
0: some more power i think some more power than than edmund and, and and definitely for than kwan too um yeah i i the barrel great isn't you know, doesn't jump off the page. Just five point nine percent, but hey, for a guy that's going to steal this many bases, you'll take it. You know, Edmonds sort of been that fluctuating between five percent barrel rate and then three, and like his down years, uh, it's up to six point three percent this year. So I think that's a that's a pretty good overall comp. I know Edmonds a bit streaky, um, but yeah, the, the the batted ball metrics are really really similar. I think that's a great comp.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's it's you're gonna I would imagine get it get a discount there. So nice steel specialist that's not going to kill you in other categories really, and and might even you know help and be average in in homers. Um, so yeah, I, I just all around I know we've talked about him a couple times, and you've brought him up very early, Steve. So credit to you on kind of the diamond in the rough there. But yeah, I just wanted to note again that if you see him. Cropping up on draft boards uh, next year, that really ended the season very nicely here um, for McCarthy. So uh, then we get into some pitchers, Steve, and you know we'll we'll have a few that you you can hit on. I got a, a young guy I want to hit on, so we'll we'll talk about pitchers. But first, we're going to take a super quick ad break. We'll be right back. Okay, so Steve, you know, one of my first guys I wanted to look out here is uh, none other than Brian Bayo, who I have been invested in. I went out and traded for him in my Dynasty League, and I I just like what I'm seeing. I know it was really ugly when he he came up, but since August 1st in 26 innings, he has had a 26.1% strikeout rate, And really what popped for me the most was the 203 FIP, which was right up there for some of the the top leaderboards, 10th in the league. The walks are still an issue, but in in this time frame since August 1st, a 277 ERA, and again, about a a strikeout per inning. So I still am, am pretty excited about Bayo, and I know it's kind of been a season to forget for the Red Sox, but... This is one that I'm I'm definitely going to be taking flyers on next season, and you know again, kind of if it's not working early, just be agile on the on the wire and everything. But if he can sort the the walk issues, I think we're kind of seeing that when it, when it goes right, it can go right, and it, it's it's kind of that Dylan Cease thing we talked about. Obviously, a little bit less K rate, but I like betting on the pitchers that all they need to do is sort the walk rate a little bit, and the rest of it could click. So. That's my first one to kind of lead us off. Not sure if there's uh, anything to to add or your overall thoughts on on Bayo. I know you're, we've, we've sp- talked about him a couple times.
0: You're speaking my love language, man. Like this is this episode is <laughs> uh, is going to be my pitching staff for 2023. But yeah, these are exactly the type of pitchers that I like to target, and you know Bayo might be a little bit more of a late round flyer, but. Uh, good man. Uh, I, I hope that line doesn't look as good as he's pitched over the last few few weeks. Just because, you know, he's had the stuff, and it's just sort of a matter of figuring it out. And sometimes takes these guys, uh, you know, a few go rounds up in the majors uh, to take their bumps and bruises. But Bayo's changeup is just absolutely ridiculous. His stuff looks great. Um, that oh, even you know when he was getting you know hit hard and 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 bouncing back between AAA and the Majors, uh, the stuff was never in question. So uh, Mm -hmm. exactly the type of guy that I'm going to be taking a lot, a lot of flyers on uh, next year. You know, I'm sure we'll be saying, hey, you know, drafted Bayo as my SP6, but hey, you know, if things go right, he's my SP2. You know, uh, uh, exactly talk myself into those sort of uh, builds next year. And uh, Bayo will definitely be a deep target in mine. I think that's a great call.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, most of these guys on here were trying to avoid some of the, the very top-end names. We did it for yeah. hitters, too. I mean, there were names I was looking at that, like, uh, you know, Arenado and Bregman have just been excellent lately, and it's, like, even better than I have yeah. realized. But it's like, yeah, how much how much can you... We wanted
0: to keep the surprise factor here a little bit, but, you know, maybe these yeah. next few guys will be sort of... They aren't super surprises, but guys that i'm probably going to be drafting as an sp2 or you know we're bumping them up where if they're their adps a, sp3 uh i'll be bumping up to my sp2 if they're adps, ADPs sp2 i'm gonna bump them up to sp1 like the, those sort of things that's what i like to do with with my pitchers i like to take my my risks there and i promise you i'm going to be more conservative and and uh you know, take, well, and your take, other lesson. take hitters, yeah, yeah, take hitters. And with, your other lesson yeah, was take more of them, so maybe yeah.
1: you can run some of these guys like yeah. back to back to back or something. But yeah, for yeah, sure. Let's 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 hear hear one, Steve, and then we'll uh, Ye- kind of bounce back and forth.
0: Uh, I, I think this guy was Rookie of the Month for August, so uh, not too surprising. But that's George Kirby. Uh, since August first, he's had forty four point one innings pitched, a two oh three ERA. A 126 FIP, a 285, FIP, uh, 285 X FIP, uh, a 28.7% strikeout rate, and just a 2.3% walk rate. Uh, and all of that with a 339 Babip. Um, you know, it probably helps that he's wow. got a 47% ground ball rate, but yeah, this guy has uh, elite, elite command. Uh, he has not given up a home run uh, in this time frame. Like his homer per nine is zero, um, and 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 what's even more interesting about Kirby is that, you know, Nick talks about it a lot and, and has talked about it a lot um, this year. That there's kind of a swing and miss secondary missing, but. I think he's starting to unlock that as he's, you know, upping the usage on his curveball ball uh, as we go throughout the year. Um, he's added a sinker that he's thrown more, which has helped unlock some swing and miss. Uh, and he's been getting a lot of called strikes with that too. Um, so I, I really think that there might be another strikeout level here uh, with Kirby. Uh, and, and you know if that happens, like look out, that's SP1, you know, with this command, this fastball velocity. Uh, if he could just find that strikeout pitch, and as he's doing that and mixing with his uh, pitch arsenal, um, and and tweaked his cutter, which was uh, you know, he threw in the beginning of the year uh, to a slider, um, that sort of lines up very nicely. That happened around mid July. Um, with with this run, so uh, I, I think that despite this amazing run of a 203 ERA with barely any walks and no home runs, um, there might be e- even another level for Kirby if he could just unlock that secondary pitch and and get more out of his slider uh, and get some get some get some whiffs there. Yeah, so Kirby
1: is. Five by five ranked one hundred and fifty right now. So, do you think that he might be going like SP three type of range? And you're I, willing to kind of climb I, I up I to SP two? So.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's okay. exactly I like that's that. exactly what I, what I would uh, uh, be thinking there.
1: Okay, no, I like that a lot, Steve. So let's let's stay in that kind of uh, that tier. And I know you also wanted to highlight mr drew rasmussen who has, has kind of been a little bit of a i mean right out of the gate this season i think people were kind of rushing to add him when they knew he got the rotation spot and the season line has been pretty solid for rasmussen uh 126 innings um on the strikeout rate is 22 percent on the year k minus bb is 16.9 again these are uh, yearly stats here but in the past you know six seven weeks the k rate has gone up to 26.3 percent the fip is just a 234 so a lot to look at with rasmussen as it comes to the, his last 44 innings is this another guy that you've got marked as kind of a uh, a late riser on the steve just pitching chart
0: Absolutely. Uh, traded for Willie Adams, right? I think that was the deal. And Ooh. everyone thought uh, that the Rays got heisted in that or, you know, taken to the cleaners. But, you yeah. know, leave it to the Rays to find a guy I think that had two Tommy John surgeries, was a reliever, and, and turned him into a guy that has, uh, you know, a, an under the three ERA and 128 innings pitch this year, which is absolutely insane. But,. You know, uh, he, he's got two really good pitches by run value. He has a four seamer at a negative 10 run value and a cutter at a negative 11 run value. Uh, and his slider last year was really good. It hasn't been as good as results uh, with results this year. Um, but, you know, it's still got a 28% whiff percentage and a 33% strikeout rate. Uh, so, um, pretty good there uh, across the board with that three pitch mix. Um, and, you know, since that August 1st, he's gone to, like, another level. It's a 203 ERA, um, a 26% strikeout rate, and just a 3% walk rate. Sure, there's some luck involved here, uh, more so than with Kirby, because he's had a 246 BABIP, an 81% left on base percentage, but he does have that 40 nice 49% ground ball rate uh you know keeping the ball in the yard which which will do him some favors in that luck department so um you know there might be some more injury concern here just because you know he does, has had two Tommy Johns this has been his biggest workload i think since you know uh, as far back as the data goes uh, uh, on Savant and, and 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 just quickly looking at, at fan graphs i think you know uh, it would have to be in the minors, just because you know. Before this, the highest total that he had was last year uh, with eighty-seven innings, um, which you know is a bit of, is a bit of concern. But you know, leave it to the Rays to, to to find this guy and 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 get the most out of him, and and hats off to them. It's just Sort of why you still have to pay attention to when the Rays acquire guys and throw them in the starting rotation. Like, there's a reason they, they know something, and Drew Rasmussen is the perfect example of that. And I think because of those factors, because of my concerns, the the, the price still might be depressed next year, despite uh, an ERA under three with uh, good peripherals.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to be kind of a, a pairing of names because he's looked so similar to his teammate recently Jeffrey Springs who's right next to him on a lot of these boards and in terms of the the K rate Springs is at 27 percent since August 1st Rasmussen is 26.3 Rasmussen's control has been even better and then both of them have been you know lights out when it comes to like a, a sub three ERA a sub one whip I think you know, Springs is probably going to go a couple rounds ahead of Rasmussen and, you know, not to put you on the spot, Steve, but like your thoughts on Springs, do you think that that kind of two round, uh, price premium on Springs is going to be worth it? Or would you rather hold off and, and, uh, lean toward Rasmussen?
0: Uh, I think I'd go, go Rasmussen just because I, I, I like his, is. Uh, the actual pitches better with that fastball and cutter. Uh, I think he's got quote unquote better stuff. I don't have the stuff numbers uh, in front of me, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Springs still has has three pitches that that have a negative five run value or better in the sinker, slider, and changeup, five, seven, and eight, respectively. Yeah, so been, he, been the factor, he, yeah, yeah. You know that that probably might be then more of just like a cost. Like I'll take whoever goes later. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if, uh, if, if Springs is going earlier, I'll just wait and grab, uh, grab Rashford. But, you know, um, S- Springs is, is good too, man. He's great at getting whiffs and 96 percentile and, and chase rate, uh, percentile and strikeout percentage. I, I definitely would have taken the under, uh, on this. And he does limit some, some quality contact too. uh, above average in, like, barrel and, and average eggs velocity, too, uh, for mm-hmm. all that. So, uh, I, I like Springs. Uh, went to Appalachian State, so, uh, you know, I'm sure he had some uh, fun when they ex- upset Texas a and M a a few weeks ago in football, but uh, I, yeah. I digress.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, – I think the point is we like Ray's pitching, yep. but um, we'll, we'll leave that for another show topic when we start looking at – too early ADP and all that good stuff. But the the other one that kind of jumps out at me, Steve, and it's an older name kind of on brand uh, with me going for the old heads here, but Carlos Carrasco has really looked a different pitcher lately. His last outing, granted, against the Pirates, six innings, 11 strikeouts, and he's really been putting together multiple really good starts in a row. And Carrasco under the hood has started throwing his change up a heck of a lot more since August and kind of dialed back the slider. So he's definitely tinkering. And from a results standpoint, it looks pretty good here with uh, basically his leading up to August 1st, the K rate was around like 20 or the, the K percentage was around like 22 since then it's been up to like 28.2%, just a 5.6% walk rate, a three thirty one FIP. So I know Carrasco, it kind of feels like we've all been down this road and it's a little bit of ups and downs, but he's at least got my attention for the end of the season here on you know some of the changes he's made. And, I mean, that, that change-up that he's now leading with at 35% of the time this month is his primary pitch has a 37% whiff rate, which is great. Um, and overall, I think it's just kind of worth noting that you know, since Carrasco, Carrasco's returned and kind of tinkered a bit here, that he's really tapping into some good results. So that's just another one I wanted to throw under the hat. I don't know if you uh, want to add to that at all, or if you want to go to your final pitcher.
0: No, I think that's a, a a great call, and and maybe this was an injury thing. Maybe he didn't have the feel, but you know, Carrasco. I he, Carrasco was like one of my original, like late round draft Carrasco as, a, as, as an ace sort of sort of pick and you know I rode him in, in many leagues for years and you know the knock on him was that he had a bad fastball he went to the bullpen with Philadelphia then you know gained that velocity when he went over to Cleveland uh, and it and it stuck in the, in the bullpen uh, in the rotation when he when he made the move back but he always got by because his secondaries were just so good um, including that changeup. And last year, you know, maybe was coming back from from injury. He threw the fastball, you know, more than he ever has since basically that 2017 2016 breakout. Um, so you know, maybe he just didn't have feel for 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 his off speed stuff, and now it looks like that's back. I know that that you know this isn't vintage Carlos Carrasco, and there's been some blow ups, and it's more of a mid to high three ERA, but. I I think that, you know, maybe this overall line just more steady uh, as he sort of is another year further from that injury-riddled season. And, you know, I know it was uh, a bit different, you know, going through like a cancer diagnosis. That that could also uh, lead to some some things. But, you know, he's still great at getting whiffs. Uh, You know, I don't think he'll be Carlos Carrasco ace, but I think he could definitely be Carlos Carrasco extremely undervalued 36-year-old pitcher, you know, maybe a Charlie Morton light type of thing here uh, with Carrasco just because those secondaries are so good and always have been.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, it's really well said. And so now his season line, as you kind of put on your your draft hat for next year and what all managers will be seeing, is a a 3-7 ERA. The whip is at a 129. And, again, the strikeout rate on the season is, like, uh, uh, 24%. But just to, to remind that in, in these splits, a 28% uh, yeah. K rate, the whip is down to 0.73. And the ERA, I don't have in front of me, but it's been much better, like, over the past— month he's been a 184 era so he's definitely like tapping into it so yeah i I, I like what you said it's just kind of that charlie morton like don't forget about kind of the old guys who can really Mm -hmm. you know you might even be able to grab him as like an sp4 great great back
0: end of the staff filler yeah if he's going around there that's that's absolutely perfect yeah exactly
1: well, round us out, Steve, with uh, your final final pitcher here for the uh, late season improvers.
0: Yeah, saving my best for last. I don't know if I've officially, like, you know, uh, not that anyone cares or anything, or I, I need to hitch my wagon to one guy, but, like, the flag guy flag. The, the guy that's going to be my, or, you know, uh, at least the early leader to be, like, my McClanahan cease uh, of next year is Nick Lodolo. Um, I have absolutely fallen in love with what he's been doing over the last, you know, uh, 50 innings and 49 innings pitched since August 1st. He got 349 ERA, 377, 337 FIP, 326 X FIP. But that's uh, with a 30% strikeout rate and a 7.2% walk rate. Yeah, sure. A little bit high of walks, but we just spent the whole show talking about how like, this is the last thing that, that these guys need to unlock. And, you know the command grades on, on Lodolo Ladolo coming up. Uh, just looking at like his fan graph's blurb uh, is that he has exquisite command, uh, which gives him a good chance to find success uh, in the majors. So yeah, I, I'm betting that that command uh, improves, especially as he's sort of battled a bit of injury uh, this year. I know that's another knock on him, but hey, that's sort of the risk you have to take with. Uh, with these guys. Um, the season line for him, 87 innings pitched, 3.81 ERA, 30.3% strikeout rate. So, you know, the same rate that he's been doing it, uh, uh, since August 1st, the, the, the walk rate was a bit elevated at 8%. So nice to see that come down, even if it's just a little bit. Um, and what I think will keep the costs relatively affordable is the fact that he's only at 87 innings pitched. I know he had 10 innings pitched, uh, or 12 innings pitch in the minors uh on rehab starts so you know he's close to 100 right now um but that total is going to be what i'm sure he has probably like three starts left maybe so maybe he'll have 120 innings on the major league level 130 innings overall something like that so there will be an innings concern but i i I say bring it on you know look at uh look at what McClanahan did after uh after just the, you know 130 140 the year before with some postseason things tacked on so uh i am going to be loving me some nick lodolo next year and he might be a a guy that i target uh for as a, a a chance to be an sp1 uh for 2023
1: oh i love it dude and for one, on our, our lessons learned, one of the ones we talked about was for all the people we came into the season saying, like, there's going to be an innings limit here and there. Like, sometimes that can be a crapshoot. The guys mm-hmm. you think are workhorses don't work out, and then the guys who you think are 120 go 155, and so on and so forth. But uh, So I like that. I think the other thing is Lodolo has nicely flown under the radar to some extent. I mean, I know everyone knows he's talented, but I think next year, the Christian Javier's, the Spencer Strider's, like, some of those names will be really kind of taking up, I mean, even Kirby's made a lot of noise with just, like, the ridiculous mm-hmm. walk rate, but, like, Lodolo with the Reds and everything, I it's not to say that he won't have some helium with how filthy his, his line is and his strikeout upside, but yeah, I don't think it's quite to the extent as some of those other flashier names, so... I you know he was even overshadowed this season coming into it by Hunter Green. If it, yeah, you know, for sure. That's what everyone was like, oh yeah, no, no. I think Nick Pollock was like Ladolo is the one to watch, not Hunter Green. So credit credit to Nick on that call as well. But yeah, I I love it, man. I think this is a great one. Um, you know, he obviously completely fits the mold for the the Steve Justswelly try to try to catch lightning <laughs> in a bottle. It's like an SP one, so. Yeah, where, uh, you know, assuming your league mates aren't listening, I mean, do you have a gut instinct? Like, so, uh, McClanahan this past season was, like, around the 100 range. So, if we start a benchmark there, I feel like Strider's going to be going much sooner than that. Yes. But Lodolo, you know, does, does he land around there around like pick 100 or do you think he goes yeah maybe
0: maybe a little later it's a bad ballpark a bad team um Mm -hmm. the innings concern the injury history you know i know keith law made some noise by excluding him or or keeping him way down on his prospect list because of an injury concern and injury history so um there are some detractors and you know it just doesn't seem like it's 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 got that Dylan Cease type hype yet who knows with the draft season uh, you know it just needs one popular analyst to do a twitter thread and break down this amazing Nick Lodolo, you know pitch <laughs> mix and, and strikeouts and pitching ninja gifts for him to to bump up to pick 100 but you know, it, it seems like, you know, as someone that, you know, loved McClanahan and Cease last year at this time for next year, uh, the hype might not be quite at that level, which gives me some sort of encouragement that it might be a, an even more affordable uh, cost. And maybe I'll be grabbing him as my SP 2 which would be ideal.
1: Yeah. I, I think that seems reasonable. Yeah. Maybe uh, just in that, next wave, a few rounds uh, behind that. So uh, that's great. I think the last thing, Steve, and I know it's uh, not not a, a fully valid one because of uh, the injury, but we talked about Justin Steele a handful of times, um, and I, I think we just got to call out that in the, the 28 innings for Justin Steele since this date range, a 35.5% strikeout rate, and I feel like he's the one where everyone's just kind of waiting for the regression fairies and waiting for it to come back down to earth. But, uh, man, he's going to be another one that it's almost that Nestor Cortez type of thing where I could hear all offseason people saying, like, I don't think this is for real, but I personally will be taking shots to see if, uh, yeah, you know, 12 strikeouts in in seven innings – that has my attention, and he's he's hit double-digit strikeouts multiple times this year. So I'm interested in Steele. It's kind of a sneaky one there.
0: Absolutely, don't let me forget about him next draft season, like we did with Cortez. Even though you took him in the pitcherless <laughs> mock draft, we were going back and forth off air about how good those teams were. I think I had like I had like ju- bad, ju- <laughs> Judge Alonzo McClanahan. Uh, oh no, Otani. Uh, yeah, you I, I forgot who else. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone that Nick reamed me on for my staff, it's like, dude, you work for pictureless Come on, you are pictureless This is, was good staff. What was wrong with you? You know. Uh, my the problem God. is, yeah. as
1: soon as he challenged us, we just folded like a lawn chair. Yeah. And we're like, you're you're right, Nick. You're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, we, no. We, we, I don't know what I was thinking with this one. Next
0: so. next year, we, we when we do if we do this again, if we do have the the benefit of doing this again. I am definitely going to bring up that my fat, my staff that was ripped to shreds by him. Uh, I didn't take a picture till the eighth round. Of this mock draft was Otani, Darvish, Luis Garcia, Adam Wainwright, Tristan McKenzie, uh, oh, and, Christian, and, Christian, and Christian Javier. So yeah, the uh, that that staff would have done pretty well. I wish this was a real league, but whatever.
1: Yeah. And then he's gonna be like, "Well, Ladolo's not Otani. Yeah. Like yeah, this yeah, can't yeah. be your SP one." Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: that's yeah, great. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps us up for the week. Thanks again, you guys, for for tuning in. Hope the end of the season is being kind to you, and we will still be back at least next week on Thursday as well to kind of uh, wrap up and do some hindsight stuff. So that's uh, everything we got for episode 74. Again, you guys can follow us on Twitter at winsabovepod. I'm at van underscore verified, and Steve is at stav8818. Uh, but that does it, Steve. Any uh, closing closing thoughts or words of wisdom from you?
0: No, man, and uh, enjoy the fantasy baseball while we have it. And, uh, excited to do a few more regular season shows and then get to this prep. So uh, thanks, as always, for talking baseball with us, guys. Talk to you later.
1: Thanks, everybody.